1: I sure hope everyone listening is awake and alert this morning because I'm going to start right off with a statistic. I'm not sure how many of you realize this, but two out of three adults are overweight or obese. Two out of three. So it's no surprise that obesity is considered a major health risk today in America. Now, what I find just as sad is that most people, including a lot of medical professionals, still believe that if people just eat less and exercise more, they'll lose weight and keep it off. That old theory, or some might call it a myth, of calories in equals calories out is sadly what many people still believe and still live by. Now all of you longtime listeners know as well as I do that weight loss and weight maintenance is far more complex than counting calories. And if you haven't recognized my voice yet, I'm Cassie Weenus. I'm a registered and licensed dietitian. And this morning, my co-host and I are going to share just how complex the issue of weight loss is for many people. And I believe there is no better way to help you understand the complexity of weight loss than to have my co-host, Nell Calls, share her weight loss story. We've talked about Nell's journey a number of different times on Dishing Up Nutrition because fortunately for us... Nell is willing to share the frustrations, the setbacks, and the victories that she's experienced on her long, hard road to finding the answer to help her lose 90 pounds. Not only has she lost 90 pounds, but she's maintained that 90-pound weight loss for the past eight years. So with that, I'd like to introduce Nell. Again, Nell lost 90 pounds eight years ago. She has maintained that 90-pound weight loss, which I believe is an amazing accomplishment. And all of us at Nutritional Weight and Wellness are so proud of what you've accomplished <laughs> now. That's so nice. And before I turn the mic over to you, I just want to set the stage here for today's show. We're going to do it in a little bit of a different format. I'm I'm basically going to be interviewing Nell. I have a lot of questions here to ask, and I know she has some great answers. And we also want to open up the phone lines to all of you because we understand how frustrating and upsetting losing weight and maintaining weight loss is for a lot of people. So our phone number here in the studio is 651-641-1071. That's 651 641 1071 just call with your questions for Nell and with that I think we're ready. Yeah. Welcome to the show Nell. Thanks so much Cassie. It's so good to be here again. Yes, yeah. it's been too long. What well,
0: I know. And what an introduction. I'm like you're proud of me. <laughs> <laughs> That's so great
1: to hear on oh, an early Saturday morning. For sure. And it's so neat how you have become one of us, yes, right. Exactly. I mean, you started out as a client, yes, yes, and, and now you have trained with us, and and, and I you teach, teach for and us, I so. help
0: pass along the good information, and yes. we'll we'll talk more about something we've done recently, yes. the online program. Yep, that um, that which,
1: information will be coming up, but I think let's start by. Just having you tell us your your dieting history, like how old
0: were you when all this began? I always scratch my head and think, you know, where should I begin? Because it basically started in third grade, which was the first time I remember eating for comfort. Right. So I had, uh, you know, it was probably a cookie or something. And and it was the first time I remember to being called names for being chubby. It was was third grade. And so while I wasn't probably I wasn't dieting necessarily, it was like weight was my thing. It started to be my thing in third grade. Right.
1: You became very aware,
0: very aware. Uh, So there's a couple of very telling signs that you could have. Uh, a growing weight problem, and I remember we moved from. I'm an army brat, so we moved from Germany. I did not know that. You did not know no. that. I yeah, I'm wondering if that's ever come up. Um, moved a lot as a kid. See, I
1: bet that's a piece of this puzzle yes, too, because yes, we're always trying to fit in, in, but always the brand new girl.
0: Exactly, exactly. And so this, yeah, when we moved from from Germany to Minnesota, we moved to the suburbs. When we were in Germany, I just remember there was so much more, you know, you're in, in, and this was right around third grade, you were in the center of, you know, the barracks and you kind of to play and you were very active. And then when we moved to the suburbs, um, there wasn't, there weren't sidewalks in my neighborhood, let alone, you know, other kids around. So. I just remember being new and and starting to use food, particularly uh Rocky Road ice cream to comfort myself. I'd come home from school, have a big, big thing of Rocky Road ice cream and watch Little House in the Prairie, then I do my homework. And so this I I say this story because it's it's starting to build those food habits um and those food rituals that are so hard to break right especially as an adult and you've had a number of these throughout the years so then another ritual i started to go to weight watchers when i was in eighth grade for the first time yes because i had gained so much weight and i didn't want to be that person i just knew i wasn't that person and so did you go by yourself no or my your mom, mom took, took me i begged you. her and she said well you know i don't see why there's a problem i She's mean trying to help it was yeah it was the 80s and Mm -hmm. That was what you did. And, and you, you know, the advice we were given was very, very low fat, low calorie restriction. And I took it to an extreme being who I was and wanting to move things along and get it going. So I ended up kind of almost starving myself. Like, dry tuna for lunch and nothing else, to the point where that at the end of that summer, I fainted in the Kmart parking
1: lot in Burnsville. No, this is the 80s. You're at Kmart. (laughs) I'm at Kmart. Yeah, I'm
0: at Kmart. Yeah, this is like a little history lesson. But it's all to say that regardless of whether I was on a diet or off a diet, I had really entrenched food rituals that went with both. So then when I would go off my diet, then it was... Hey, let's party and have no Doritos and barred. pizza. Yep. and But then when I go on a diet, it would be super restrictive. So then that went on for about 25 years right. of going on and off and on and off. And my pants would get tight, so I'd go back on. And all of that damaged to my metabolism with the low-fat right. eating, the back and forth. Uh, just the, just the, I mean, just damage that was done from that contributed to, uh, me being almost 300 pounds, but by the time I was in my thirties. So So, I got up to, to 279, um, and it was probably even higher than that. But I remember, you always remember that top weight when you're like, I never thought I would get. Close enough to kiss three hundred, and so I remember that was two seventy nine, and it was time to <laughs> do something. But I didn't but know you what. You didn't know what because <laughs> oh. everything I had done had contributed to me gaining a hundred pounds. So,
1: you know, hopeless, right? Hopeless, hopeless. So I was going to say, what? How, where was your mind at that point? Like you must just be so fearful of. I am so close to three hundred. And I want to change, but I don't know what to do. Because I don't know what to do. Everything that people have told me that I've tried has I failed. cannot
0: maintain. And I had remember I remember actually telling myself that uh, I don't think it's going to happen for me. I think I'm always going to be this way. But how do I at least not, not um, get. get diabetes? Because I was pre diabetic at that point. I had, I also remember the day I got 116 blood sugar rate uh, glucose really? reading, and I was terrified. I I think that was the thing that drove me the most was being terrified of getting diabetes because I know what a horrible disease it is. I saw my grandmother go through it and um, you know, and how
1: old were you at that point when you had pre-diabetes? I, yeah. Like in your 30s, yeah,
0: late 30s. Mm-hmm. So it, it's it been, I mean, I was, I had, I had a five-year-old and I just did not want to go down that path. So I thought, you know, maybe the weight will never go away, but maybe at least there's something I could do to, to get my blood sugar down. And then there were series of events happened. I was actually at the Y working out because I thought, what am I going to do? I just got to do something. So I started working out really hard. That was doing nothing. And that's when I heard Gary Taubes, uh, Dar interviewing Gary Taubes. Never Uh, heard the radio show.
1: Yeah. For the first time. Were you listening as you were on the treadmill or were you driving? No, I was in the, I got in the car after the,
0: after having worked out and I got in my car and I always avoided the that, nutrition show on 107 I was a staunch 107 listener at that time I always had it tuned on the radio but I hated when Dar came on sorry Dar yeah sorry Dar she knows this because I would inevitably like catch things that I didn't want to hear like pasta maybe contributing to your weight gain or no. yeah I don't want to give up my pasta are you kidding Oh lady I can so relate Yeah but he got my attention by saying the diets that you have been on won't ever work and I said well Let me listen some more. (laughs) All
1: right, we're going to talk more about that when we come back from break. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. Today, Nell is sharing her story about how she lost 90 pounds and has maintained that amazing weight loss for the past eight years. And if you have questions for Nell, call us here in the studio at 651-641-1071. We'll be right back. Loving you.
0: Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition, brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. I lost 90 pounds and have kept it off for eight years. One thing I have learned over these several years is that I need ongoing support from my nutritionist. And I also need to stay in touch with my Nutritional Weight and Wellness family through taking classes, teaching classes. And in every way, I need to be reminded of my journey and my commitment to my health
1: every day and every, every single way. day right you know and now as you can tell as a talker and i and i am too i don't know if we'll, what's going to happen here now yeah. but but i was just going to say you know to give your voice a break here i'm going to butt in every once in a while i have a few statistics i looked up Good for the stuff. show today yeah and i just to share some of my thoughts too and and to give your voice a break so here's my first thought now as i you know, sat there on the other side of commercial and listened to your story, I almost feel like once a person has lost weight, because you went back and forth. Oh, yeah. Once a person has lost weight, it feels like his or her body fights like crazy to regain that weight. Oh, yes. You know, and as registered dietitians at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, we help our clients figure out how kind of to outsmart their biochemistry. And of course we talk about changing behaviors because boy, that's tough too. Mm -hmm. But we really work on people's individual biochemistry and then changing behaviors to help our clients move forward and not slide backwards in the weight loss efforts. Yeah. Yeah. That's
0: so, that's so true. And the question I always ask myself, is it biochemistry or is it returning bad habits? And depending on the day, it could be either of either those. Ones. Um, if I'm not, and they kind of contribute to each other. So if I've kind of gone off track and I've been eating, you know, more carbohydrates or things that I know aren't going to support my weight loss or my weight maintenance at this point, is it then does that trigger a biochemical reaction that causes cravings? So, for example, we, you know, breaking a habit. And that food ritual around Friday night, pizza night. And I remember the I remember the crust, the way it tasted, how sweet it was, the greasy, (laughs) the greasiness, and it became such a food ritual. But I know making that commitment to my health, I needed to change that to something else. Um, And that doesn't mean that, you know, once I started to lose the weight, I knew I needed to break that habit to make progress because what would happen is I would make progress all week I'd have that food ritual and all my progress would go away.
1: Slide right backwards. Yeah,
0: exactly. It doesn't take much. And so I had to say goodbye to that Friday night pizza, but replace it with something just as, is fun and equally delicious. So, you know, maybe we do steak or we have, uh, you know, another, uh, you know, sometimes you can do those pizza substitute recipes where you're, Um, Having a healthier option that's more about the protein and the vegetables and and having a nice salad with that. uh, Stir fry is one of my favorites. And recently I worked with my nutritionist. You know, you talk about nutritionists and how important that person is to, to my life even now. So I didn't just say one and done that first that first consultation I had with Cara, you know. 10 years ago or whatever it was now. Yeah, it was you about 10 yeah, years you ago. Say, okay, got it. Okay, got it. Done. See you later. It was, it's ongoing to now where I, I'm going, I went through a remodel this fall and kind of fell off the wagon, holidays, and biochemically, I know I have to get myself back on track, but I've also picked up a couple of, you know, a few old habits came back. Yes, and so I worked with my nutritionist, Brittany, to, to come up with, gee, you know, we started this during the remodel. We started to have curry every Friday night. And I noticed the curry itself had good fat, was fine, but slowly over time, I started adding more, more and more rice, rice which is when white rice mm-hmm. and pounds started to creep back on very slowly, but boy, and I said, what's changed that rice? So she said, well, the, the curry sounds fine. But maybe swap that rice out with cauliflower rice. And I did that. I didn't even notice a difference. And now I'm getting back on track and losing some of that, you know, remodel weight is what I've been calling it. Right. But how would I have had the mindfulness to think? They help you think through new new challenges and be a detective and help you tell truth to yourself about what is it that you're actually doing? Because to me, it was like, I'm just having curry here. I'm not. And then right? she asked
1: about the rice.
0: She had, you know, what, yeah. what's different here? And they help you become mindful of where some of those bad habits have slipped in.
1: We all need oh, that support person. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Those outside eyes. Yeah. And so anyone who
0: has barriers to doing that, I always say I prioritize that over pretty much anything. Being able to go have those appointments with that nutritionist, either if it's time, a matter of time or money, I always prioritize that.
1: And it is it is about getting your priorities straight. And for sure, you know, your your story is interesting, like your remodel, for example, of your house kind of got you off track, mm-hmm. and like you said, it doesn't take much because when you maybe start creeping up on the carb intake, that biochemistry yep. gets a bit off kilter for those of us especially, mm-hmm. and I'm one of those people that has the sensitive blood sugars, and we just get more and more out of balance and so,
0: further away from your normal, right? Yes, yeah, yes,
1: but little by little, yeah. you know, enough so that you're maybe not really even noticing it, but. Yeah. It really, it has a lot to do with your own unique biochemistry and with your brain chemistry. And and believe me, at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, Brittany and all of the registered dietitians at NWW, we realize that food habits are hard to change. We realize that everybody has their own personal biochemistry. So I love Nell that you stress that that has to be a priority for you to meet regularly with your nutritionist or your dietitian because we help keep you on On, the narrow path. On track. And
0: food habits, those are difficult to change. And I couldn't have not done it without the help of a cast of nutritionists throughout the years, right? Right. Uh, Starting with CAR way back when. And they helped me to find that Perfect solution for whatever Friday, because Friday nights are tough, you know, your weekend and, oh, I'm going to let loose a little
1: bit. You've worked hard all week. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You want to
0: take it easy a little bit. And that developing of that new habit that supports my metabolism and my health. So instead of, you know, those pizza nights, transform them into something healthier that will support my weight loss.
1: And that you will still enjoy because we certainly want you to enjoy food. I have some research here to share. Research shows that 90% of people who lose weight regain the weight lost and usually gain back even more weight than they had lost. So basically they end up heavier than me. when they started. <laughs> See, you're, you're the norm. Yes. You're just normal. So again, the process of losing and maintaining weight is complex. And it's so complex that the National Institutes of Health has recently funded a $931 million study Looking at obesity. Wow. Trying to figure it out, trying to back us up because we just continue to rise in terms of our rates of obesity. And one thing their research is showing us um, is what we've been talking about here is that losing weight and keeping it off is harder than most health professionals ever thought. Mm-hmm. And the researchers in this study are agreeing finally that while exercise is good for our overall health, it's not a reliable way to keep off body fat. You know, don't get me wrong. All of us at Nutritional mm-hmm. Weight and Wellness have some type of exercise routine. Some of us do it to de-stress. Some of us do it for heart health or to help with blood sugar control, but we don't really do it to keep our waist- waistline you know, trim and fit. And that's what the researchers have found in this study. They state that the theory of calories in equals calories out, needs to be put to rest. So basically we now know that instead of the focus being on how many calories or how much fat a person burns while working out, it's really more about the quality, the composition, and the combination of the foods in a person's diet that keeps the weight off. And I think we better take another commercial break already. I
0: know this goes fast. This
1: goes fast. You are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. Before we break, I just want to let all of you know that if you want to hear more about Nell's weight loss success story, you can take the Nutrition for Weight Loss online video series that Nell taught. If you sign up for the series, you'll get more of Nell's insights and how she has really shaped her lifestyle to continue to be successful And more great news, we currently have an early bird special that we're running. So if you sign up now through February 18th, you'll get $50 off the price of this series. Just go to weightandwellness.com if you want to read more about our Nutrition for Weight Loss series. Or if you want to sign up, you can do that online too. And I'll tell you, when Nell teaches this weight loss series, it is truly inspiring. And if you have questions for Nell today, you can call us at 651 641-1071. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Dishing
0: Up Nutrition. This past year, we updated our Nutrition for Weight Loss program and we recorded the series to make it more personal. I was honored to share the teaching stage with Melanie Beasley, a registered dietitian who is an excellent communicator. We're really proud of this series and believe it will help you make the changes that you need to live a healthier life. Again, we are offering a discount, $50 discount on the online Nutrition for Weight Loss program. Good now through February. That was really fun to teach with Melanie and really hope you check it out. Check it out on our website. Weightandwellness.com.
1: You know, Melanie's one of our newer registered dietitians, and so I haven't met her yet, but I was on a conference call that she was on, and I forget what like health issue she was addressing or or talking to us about, but I just felt so like she was so calming. I love it. It made me just want to go sit with her for a while.
0: I know. And she was in, she has this very interesting story. She was in the Navy and yeah. Really? And she's, she's lovely. And yes. I, yeah. And we never actually saw each other when we were filming, oh, sure. but, but I saw, I always see you her could. picture when I go to Lakeville to see my nutritionist. So yeah, yeah it's great. It's, it's we really good work. We have some great yeah. teachers
1: and some great dietitians on staff. Absolutely. For sure. So we were talking about, well, I guess I was just saying how, you know, everybody has their unique biochemistry. We know they have food habits that are established. Oh, and then I also mentioned, you know, it, if you're going to like indulge and then think you're going to go run it off on yeah. the treadmill, for most people, that doesn't work in the long run.
0: Right, exactly. And I do work out. Uh, I, I've i shifted my thinking, though, about about working out more as building lean muscle mass, Helping me feel like a healthy person. There's a lot of mind stuff that goes on when you're, you know, kind of recovering from obesity and it's always seeing yourself as the fat person who can't do anything. And so working out really helps you change that where you think, I am the person who can flip a big tire (laughs) and I do have the strength to run, you know, four miles, for example. Uh, I find that exercise, especially in a group for me, is very motivating, especially on these super, super cold nights and mornings. Helps me reduce stress. But I did get caught up. Like I said, I was at the at with a Y trying to work off, you know, a size 22 pant size when I first heard dishing up nutrition. And. I would think that, oh, those glasses of wine that I'm having or that pizza that I'm having, I'll be able to work that off on Monday when I go back to the gym. Um, But what I figured out was that drinking that wine, eating that pizza, just put on unwanted body weight. So giving up wine was something that I needed to do, too. It was, again, I felt like I made all this progress, and then the weekend would come, and I'd have two or three glasses of wine, and then I would have, it would kick off cravings and it would be back to, kind of back to square one. And so I decided, you know what, while I'm losing weight, I'm going to give up wine. To this day, I am not. Drinking is one of those things that I've just had to kind of make my peace with and say goodbye to. <laughs>
1: well, and yeah, and it's worth it. It right? is worth it. Yeah. I mean, don't you get to that place where you're like, okay, two, three glasses of wine, maybe I'd, you know, yeah. feel a little buzz and, and be kind of happy. Yeah. But my sleep's going to suffer. So, <laughs> yes, which then affects your metabolism. And it's just so short-lived. I know. And then you feel like crap the whole week because exactly. you just messed up your
0: efforts. Exactly, so, exactly.
1: Well, here's some more research. This comes from the Harvard T.H. Chan School of Public Health. They found that, the not surprising, but still, we'll, we'll share the research. They found that the key to weight loss and maintenance needs to be a personalized approach, which is what we have been doing at Nutritional Weight and Wellness four decades. So basically what they're saying here with this research out of Harvard is that the latest and greatest fad isn't going to work for everybody. The latest diet book isn't going to work for the masses. We all have our own unique biochemistry and thus we need to figure that out and and approach it as needed. So we all have our own personal plan that will lead to success. And, you know, I realize that dieting has been a preoccupation for a lot of people, especially for women, long before this obesity epidemic that started in the 80s. Yeah. And I'm sure a lot of listeners can remember when weight loss diets became very commercialized many decades ago. But when you start analyzing those diets and those diet books... Most all of them, you know, the Weight Watchers they included. They horrible
0: success rates. <laughs> oh
1: my gosh, right? Oh, there, There's that 90% of people getting yeah. their weight back and then some. But also at the core, many of them are really based on calories in equals calories out. You know, that theory of eat as few calories as possible and exercise as much as possible. And for one, it doesn't work. For two, what a miserable existence.
0: exactly. Exactly. And do you remember that it was a very popular TV program, it still may even be on, called The Biggest Loser?
1: Yes, (laughs) I did not like that show. I felt so horrible for them.
0: The show was all about restrictive, low-calorie, starvation diets, and abusive workouts, to be honest. Most of the contestants, they'd lose over 100 pounds in a short period of time, but sadly, most of them would gain it all back in a very short period of time. So, of course, the TV producers wanted to keep that hush-hush. Right. Yeah. Uh, that The contestants were quickly regaining their weight, obviously. As a viewer who understood the frustrations of what those contestants were going through and the back and forth, and probably the long-lasting damage they were doing to their bodies. The metabolism, yeah. metabolism, yes. I thought to myself, you know, why even try? It was so defeating to see that as the model of weight loss in this country. Well,
1: I can only imagine because I... Th- that the whole premise of that show was awful but then you having yeah been through so much of that it must have just it's, kind of enraged you
0: yeah i never really watched i mean i watched a few episodes It'd but it it's, it was hard to watch cuz it is it's like the last the last thing people feel comfortable um discriminating against is you know overweight people uh yeah it's a pain there's a, there's a lot of pain associated with being uh, obese and so yeah, it it was it, it's a disturbing and then just premise. just knowing yeah that that <laughs> it's that not going to work for them. It's not going to work yeah. for them. Yeah, yeah. right.
1: Right. Here's another noteworthy study. You know, and it makes me this looking at this study here in front of me, you had mentioned early on in the show that a motivating factor for you way back when was you didn't want to get diabetes. Yes. Well, this 2017 research study, not surprisingly, has found that obesity is linked to more diseases than smoking.
0: Yeah. Right?
1: So if you're walking around obese, and it does not take much to be classified as obese, you're doing more harm to your body than walking around smoking cigarettes. So this, this study says the excess body fat increases the risk for type 2 diabetes, for heart disease, also increases the risk of cancer, depression, and even fertility problems. Oh, yeah. You know, and we can look and some of the listeners know this, but when you look at how our fat intake started to greatly decline in the 80s, right? Because we all went low fat. There is that opposite uptake of the obesity rate. So there certainly seems to be a link. And in fact, the obesity rate went up from 15 percent of the population being obese to about 40 percent of the population being obese since that low-fat craze started in the 80s. That's yeah. a 25% increase. I mean, obviously, these low-fat diets don't work. So, and you know that from yeah. personal experience. What? When did the light bulb come on and what combination of foods works for you? Yeah. Yeah, so
0: the, the biggest thing I'll say is adding fat back into my diet, which is a scary thing for people, right? When you say you can have avocado, uh, and not only will avocado and coconut oil and butter help you lose weight, which is mind bending, right? For somebody who's been told to eat low fat their whole life. For decades, right. But it will help with those undeniable cravings. Cravings that would help you know, that I knew I had I had some bad habits like Food is everywhere. You go to the bookstore, you go to the hardware store. And I always tell this story of going in to buy, you know, home improvement supplies, right? Like nails at the hardware store. Seems innocent. Seems innocent enough. But then you're bombarded with... The chocolate covered peanuts and the you know and it's always that bad waxy chocolate. With it's them. not even good chocolate. No, uh, and all the cottonseed oil oh, that'll give you heart
1: disease. Exactly, and horrible. Like horrible. you said to me <laughs> earlier when we were in the break room. Why do they even have food there? Exactly. Why do they have it's food a hardware at the bookstore? Store. Why do they have the, food right. everywhere?
0: But yeah, I'd grab some of those and then you know essentially closet eat them in my car mm-hmm. and then you know it would kick off all of these cravings. And so you have to get honest about what you're actually doing. Uh, But the cravings can drive you to do stuff like that, like getting the waxy chocolate covered peanuts at the hardware store. So addressing having just understanding that fat is going to help quiet those cravings was such a light bulb huge, moment for me
1: huge because yeah. i bet before then you thought oh no 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 no, these cravings are just a part of my personality and weak. i <laughs> yes and and this is me and i'm broken
0: exactly exactly so I bet that i'm bet just was, obsessed and i'm i'm addicted to food i would say you know and it's like oh, no, 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 no 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 you just
1: have to learn to control yeah, your blood sugar exactly
0: and have that and it helps you have that take it or leave it attitude towards yes. food so when you see the pan of brownies out because it's because there are always going to be a pan of brownies or something out for you to grab, you can ignore it, which is And, and
1: that is so freeing. liberating, it isn't is it? Oh my it gosh. Is. All right, well, we are going to take our final commercial break of this morning's Dishing Up Nutrition program. But before we break, I want to say, if today's show has helped you understand your own struggles with weight loss, and if we've provided some new thoughts or new solutions, email us at Email at weightandwellness.com. Pretty easy to remember. Again, it's email, the at sign, weightandwellness.com. And let us know your thoughts. We like to know how we're doing. And next week, we have another great show planned for you. Tune in to hear registered dietitians Joanne and Carolyn discuss what your cholesterol numbers mean. And one final reminder, Saturday, February 16th, Joanne, Chris, and the owner of Nutritional Weight and Wellness, Darlene Cavist, we will present some really great information about women's health at our Menopause Survival Seminar. This seminar is going to be held at our St. Paul office. You can sign up or learn more by going online to weightandwellness.com, or if you'd rather talk to someone in person, you can ask them questions about this seminar or sign up over the phone by calling the office at 651-699-3438. Stay with us. We'll be right back welcome back to dishing up nutrition
0: this may be a new thought for some of you but i focus on maintaining my weight loss very much like those who are chemical dependent must focus on sobriety or people with a chronic illness focus on their managing their disease I make a commitment daily and sometimes even hourly, depending on the day.
1: (laughs) I love it. But really, you know, you told me that before now and I thought, oh my gosh, if everybody could wrap their head around this concept, because like with diabetes, for example, right? If you got diagnosed with diabetes, you wouldn't say, okay, I'm going to eat really well for two months. Exactly. Exactly. And and then I'll be good, and then I'll just go back to my old habits. Yeah, no, but you people don't do, it. do that when they're overweight all the time. They, it doesn't all work all the
0: time, depending on what's coming in front of their their faces. Right. So I'm always learning more about the disease of obesity, and I do get support. The Nutrition for Weight Loss series offers you the education, the nutrition educators, which I happen to be one of, nutritionists and dietitians. They offer you support, and the class members help to make help you. Going, keep you going. So come along and join us for our next series that starts the week of February 25th at all seven of our locations. We have an early bird $50 discount on the in person Nutrition for Weight Loss program that begins on the 25th, and that discount lasts through February 18th. If you live outside the Minneapolis St. Paul area, we invite you to take this life changing series online at weightandwellness.com.
1: You know, and the research shows, I don't have it in front of me here, but I know I've read it multiple times. The research shows that people are much more likely to stick with a change Mm -hmm. in their habits if they're in a group and that group is all moving towards the same goal. Yeah. So it just, I just thought of that, that, wow, you know, this, this is a great idea to sign up for the Nutrition for Weight Loss program where you have that group support.
0: Absolutely.
1: Another thing I was thinking about as we were on break is how many times over the years I've heard people say, whether it's a girlfriend or whether it's a client, people say things like, oh, I'm just basically not going to eat for the next few weeks Mm -hmm. so I can fit into my new swimming suit and look good. Or I've had the client in my office say, well, I was thinking I would probably just eat lettuce or some type of light salad for the next few weeks so I can get into my new mother of the bride dress. You know, I, I get that thinking, I guess, in a way, but I bet these people, if they did drop weight, they gained it back. It just doesn't work. And we, we talked about that, right? Research has found that 90% of people who lose weight gain it back. Now, we don't repeat that statistic to you to be depressing or right. discouraging. Nell and I are sharing that statistic And then at the same time, letting you know that's because those people are doing it wrong. Exactly. (laughs) Right? They're starving themselves or they're eating low fat. So, yeah, it all comes back on. And, you know, when you look at the research, when you do go on a low calorie or a very low fat diet, the research shows, and this makes sense, it slows down your resting metabolism. But not only that, the research is indicating that for a lot of people, once they go back to a regular calorie intake that metabolism continues to stay slowed down. You Mm -hmm. wreck your metabolism. So, yeah, low calorie, low fat does not work. But let's switch gears a little bit and talk about the 10% of dieters in these research studies that are able to lose the weight and keep it off. I think the question here that needs answering is, why can some people lose the weight and then maintain that weight loss?
0: It's a good question and it's, you know, why do some people lose weight and keep it off? I have some ideas and actually the research supports these ideas. First of all, I I am highly motivated. Uh does it doesn't mean that I'm running around thinking, you know, I'm motivated, I'm motivated every single day. Right. I get down, I get I have my challenges, but what motivates me is and I have this a little bit of a mantra that I say to myself when I feel myself kind of slipping off the off the track of managing my my chronic disease of obesity is I don't want to go back there. I don't want to go back right. to oh,
1: that's know, great. small
0: airline seats. I can fit comfortably into an airline seat now. Uh, you know, when you go to I have this image of the small elevators in England that Based on my weight, at that time, I could be the only one in the elevator. You had to say
1: to your husband, you wait here, honey, I have to ride this alone. And
0: he's like, how did you even know that? I said, because when you are obese, you learn to look at things like the weight Weight capacity on chairs, on things, because you don't want to be humiliated and have it break, right? Right. Uh, So there's that. There's there's being around for my my son and seeing all the stages of his his life. And it's also about going into I'm at midlife going into old age, healthy, vibrant and happy and being able to hike and do all the things that I'm able to do rather than aging so poorly the way so many people around us are
1: aging. Right. Right. So that keeps me very highly motivated. I love that mantra. I don't want to go back. I don't want to go back there. I mean, when you're looking at the bottle of wine or the pan of brownies, I don't want to go back there. And I know for me when cravings, I mean, I do so well eating balance, right? Protein, carb, fat every three hours because I don't like how I feel when my blood sugar goes low. Yeah. But let's face it, life happens and sometimes that blood sugar goes low. If I can be mindful enough to make myself grab a protein Mm 1st it can usually take the edge, edge off, off and I can be more rational then mm-hmm. instead of diving in yeah, to yeah. the cookies or, or the, the chips or the brownies or the chips. Yeah, absolutely. But, but I love. I think everybody should have a personal mantra that gets them back on track. Exactly. So so we talked about being motivated. We talked about having a mantra. Something that multiple research studies have reported is that people who eat breakfast every day are more successful at keeping their weight off. Yeah, I
0: eat breakfast every single day. That's one of the things I do as well.
1: Pretty, I mean, a pretty delicious and painless way to help lose weight, right? To lose and, and help keep it off. Another shared behavior that the research points towards when we look at those people who are successful at keeping their weight off is that most of these people give up being night owls? And there are many reasons behind this. That's a whole nother show. But people who routinely stay up late tend to weigh more than morning people. Interesting. Yes. And I, you know, when I was in clinical practice, I would always be telling clients, you need to practice going to bed at a set time and then strive for at least eight hours most nights of the week. You're gonna have less hunger. You're going to have less cravings yeah. and you're going to have better blood sugar control.
0: Whenever I reflect upon my personal success, I still have that fear uh, in the back of my mind. What if it stops working? So to keep that fear at bay, I have established a set of requirements within my personal recovery program. Uh, again, I feel like I'm managing a chronic, the chronic disease of obesity here. I, I have these that really help me to stay on track. Number one, I follow a balanced real food eating plan. Bottom line, I eat for most health, not for waste loss. Number two, I respect food, all food. I respect food that supports my body and my brain. And I also respect foods that I know will cause harm. So I've known how to figure out, you know, rice, maybe not so good. Cauliflower rice, much better. Exactly. (laughs) With the help of the nutritionist. Exactly. Exactly. Number three, I am accountable to myself, my nutritionist and my family. And number four, I take and I teach nutrition for weight loss program because I still have behaviors that I need to understand and I need to challenge myself to release them up to the heavens to really, really manage them. So some examples, I don't go back to that Friday night food habit of pizza and pop.
1: But you could very easily if you weren't. Teaching nutrition for weight loss. And if you weren't staying accountable to your nutritionist, right? Exactly. It's so easy to fall back. So
0: easy to fall back. So I need to follow my plan and I need my
1: nutritionist because I know I have sensitive blood sugar. Yes, yes. Just, you know, most of us that struggle with food cravings certainly fight those um, blood sugars. So eating balanced is key. Really key. As we wrap up another great episode of Dishing Up Nutrition, I just want to remind our listeners that our goal at Nutritional Weight and Wellness is to help each and every person experience better health through eating real food. Yes, it's a simple message, but it's a powerful message. Eating real food is life changing. Thank you for listening, and thank you so much for sharing thank your you. story. Now it's, it's been, been fun. Great. Yes. Slow down.